Hello, welcome everyone. This is Cindy Silva. This is the Metaphysical Wisdom Podcast. I'm here with my guest, Jerry Wellick. Hi, Jerry. Hello. Welcome. Um, just really delighted to have you be a guest on the show and um, wanted to share with our listeners that Jerry was introduced to me by my friend, James Breyer, who I interviewed last week. And um, James, I, I don't know the story. I'm going to have to have Jerry tell the story, but somehow there's a Qigong connection there. And um, Jerry and I had a conversation a week or so ago, and it was just delightful. And he shared some really valuable things with me that I wanted you to hear, and I wanted you to hear it straight from him. So here he is, and uh, here we are. So Jerry, um, tell us a little bit about your what brought you to Qigong, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Okay. Well, uh, I guess what brought me to, to Spring Forest Qigong that's the kind that I study was uh, I actually was doing some work with a, a group in uh, Minneapolis in, in, in uh, Wayzata named Learning Strategies Corporation. And Paul Sheely is the founder of that. Are, are you familiar with that group at all? Is that the positive psychology group? No, it's, uh, well, I don't know. It's, it's kind of positive psychology, but it, it started out, uh, kind of based on neuro-linguistic programming. And anyway, he has a corporation and I was taking courses with him. Um, this was in the 90s. And uh, he mentioned something about Spring Forest Qigong. He said, there's Master Lin. This was in 1998, I believe, I was at a workshop. And he said, uh, you know, you should get to know Master Chuni Lin because He's still available and he's going to be one of those people that's going to be, you know, he's going to, he's, he just knows he's bound to be somebody that's going to be international. So at that time I was, I purchased the level one and level two courses uh, and I was getting ready to go to Europe. So I really didn't get into them. You know, I just said, okay, I'm going to Europe. I'll take them with me. I'll have plenty of time when I'm there. Uh, I was going to be uh, teaching in England, and I figured I'll have lots of time to pursue this. Well, I took them with me, and I never opened them. They were just sitting. They were these old VHS sat on my shelves the whole time. Came back from uh, England, and there was I was going through a lot of different things about 99, 2000. A lot of my friends were retiring, and all of a sudden, I, I became quite ill. And... Uh, went to my family doctor and he said, you know, I'm a Vietnam vet. He said, you're, it looks like you have PTSD. Guys, your age, when they're in the fifties, this is a very common thing. You better go get this checked out. Well, I was, uh, went to the Coburn Cancer Center for a series of tests, came out, they told me, and I, I heard leukemia. Uh, <laughs> actually the records then said, I had pre-leukemia, whatever that is. You know, I was just on the borderline where my white blood count was really out. But anyway, I went into this kind of this state of fear and I got more ill. And uh, I ended up going to, a, it was a holistic healer. And I don't even know what her name is. She was in Sartell, which is a suburb of St. Cloud. She did some muscle testing on me and she said, oh my gosh, 
first thing, you know, how much coffee are you drinking? And I said, oh, my God, I don't even know. You know, I was drinking a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. And I was going to a lot of different schools. And, you know, they, I was probably drinking 10, 15 cups of coffee a day. Oh, my goodness. I tried to quit drinking. And, you know, my headaches just got really much worse. But then I went to a, another workshop. I was just trying different things that she suggested, you know, that, that I should look at what was bringing this about. Went to another workshop at Spring Forest Qigong. I think it was either late 99 or, or no, it must have been after that. It was in 2000. And they were doing Spring Forest Qigong for half an hour every day or an hour before each class. Mm-hmm. And I would just start doing these exercises with this group of people at this hotel in Plymouth, Minnesota. And all of a sudden, just doing a very, very simple exercise, which is called moving of the yin and the yang. I just had this feeling I've never, you know, it's just like a knowing. Mm -hmm. This is it. And then I was teaching a class at uh, uh, Anoka Hennepin at that time uh, as a visiting professor there and he was going to be doing a workshop that weekend I signed up for the workshop and uh, that was my I've been with him ever since Um, and my life has changed just dramatically I mean I've first I got into it I just wanted to feel good and I got hooked it was just so wonderful and uh, it was the best thing that could have possibly happened to me so I'm, I'm grateful that I got ill Mm. Now I, I drink just one cup of coffee a day. So anyway, that was kind of a long story, but that's that's how I got into it. Thank you for sharing and thank you for your service. Yeah, um, yeah when we talked, uh, you had mentioned about lung damage with Agent Orange and that um, since practicing Qigong, you've been practicing for 20 years now and you're a teacher as well. How long have you been teaching? Well, I'm... Um, I'm actually a professor emeritus, but I'm still teaching. I still have my office at the university and I'm teaching now um, in, in several classes. I'm like a guest presenter. Uh-huh. I mean, your Qigong classes, you're teaching Qigong I as teach well. Qigong, yes, I teach at the Whitney Senior Center. And then I'm also a certified instructor of, of Spring Force Qigong levels one, two, and three. Oh, so wonderful. I didn't know that part. That's great. I'll have you come out and do do some workshops in California. How's that sound? I would love to do that. (laughs) Okay. We'll talk more about that. Um, Let me get back to what my, um, I wanted to bring up about you had issues with lung lung issue from chemical exposure, and you've seen an improvement in that since practicing Qigong. And you feel like one of the comments you made um, was about how Chuni Lin says, you know, like our body is malleable, we can heal. Like we, mm-hmm. he expects you to heal right through these practices. It's not like um, sort of a, a hit and miss. It's like you practice, you heal. So let's have you share a little bit about your experience of working with um, traditional allopathic doctors and what they have seen, the changes in you and um, how you credit Qigong to some of the ways that you've healed and improved your health. Yeah, okay, that's, uh, um, there was a, a person again, one of the, the, the first, um, actually African-American master of Spring Forest Qigong, 
he was studied with Master Lin for 19 years, was uh, a, a guy by the name of James uh, Nance, or Jim Nance. And uh, uh, I became good friends with Jim. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I had been to see the doctor at the VA and they told me that I had lung damage. I said, well, it must be from Agent Orange. And they said, no, uh, you know, they, they knew that I smoked while I was in the army. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, it's from smoking. But anyway, <laughs> they said I had lung damage. And, but I, I was with Jim Nance and he put me on this very kind of a specific program. He wanted me to just bounce with my hands above my head for mm-hmm. 20 minutes a day for, he said, do this for 20 days and it'll go away. Well, mm-hmm. I had this good relationship with him. I started doing that. And uh, somewhere about the 10th, 11th day, something just lifted mm. and it was just annoying. I don't, I, there's no words to explain what that feeling was, but mm. I knew that had cleared up. And so then I had my lungs, uh, I had them x-rayed again and there was no scar tissue whatsoever. And so just the simplest little thing, mm-hmm. this, but, but it's, it's, a, it's that same kind of thing may not work for somebody else. Right, right. But, certain kinds of things most of us don't get our hands up above our head enough so one of the basic qigong exercises there's this thing master lin has developed uh, and it's called the five what's it called the the five elements theory of of spring force qigong i think it's it's not unique to spring force but it's working with the five basic uh, organ systems the liver the heart the um, the uh, pancreas, stomach, spleen, that's one system, the lungs, and then the kidneys. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the exercises for the, that's very, very good for the pancreas, the stomach, the spleen is to, I mean, it's good for a lot of things, but most of us don't get our arms up above our heads enough. And so blockages occur in these different places. Like one of them is at the C7. Mm-hmm. Uh, right at the base of the neck, about 80% of the blockages start there. Mm-hmm. So, and each of us is more prone for one reason or another because of imbalances. I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's a whole theory of life, but it's based on traditional Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, Qigong is not brand new. It's, you know, it's about documented for over 5,000 years they've been doing it so mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, I'm glad that you're um teaching and sharing it at the Whitney Center and um I'm familiar with that area I lived there for several years and um, mm-hmm. I know that there's a few of my friends that have studied spring forest qigong mm-hmm. and um really appreciate the teachings and the website when I visit, it's just full of testimonials of people similar to what you're sharing. Um, mm-hmm. Just the simplest thing, um, shifting the energy in a way that the body could restore itself. It's just like, um, like yeah, there's nothing missing, right? Everything is available. It's just yeah. that sometimes things are blocked from some kind of a pattern in the body that we've become, it's, it's like a habit, right? That mm-hmm. continues to get 
locked in place based on our behaviors. And then when we add something new or remove something, that pattern gets challenged. And if it can be freed up, the energy can move in new ways. I witnessed um, for myself in a group I led um, with some Qigong breathing exercises, a, um, a patient in my cancer welfare program who probably took the deepest breath of her whole life in that class. And it, it totally shifted something in her. Um, and she shared it with me after and really made a difference. So I like that you're bringing in how simple and easy it can be, even though practice and repetition is important. Um, we just never know when that one moment will arise when something can shift and liberation can occur. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you said a couple things in there that were kind of gems for me. Uh, uh, one of them is that, you know, it's already inside of us so that we, we to kind of rediscover that the kinds of experiences we have in life are based on how we are relating to ourselves and our relationship to ourselves. And I've become quite interested in, in especially that idea of the inner dialogue of what we're telling ourselves. Mm. Uh, I mean, I started out, I was, uh, it was very into storytelling. And as a matter of fact, I'm also a professional storyteller and a yeah. poet. And then I got into Spring Forest Qigong. But the, but the thing that really resonates with me is that what we're telling ourselves it has so much to do with what we experience. So the stories that we tell ourselves when we're, you know, just with ourselves has a direct relationship is of the quality of our lives. So yeah. that piece of it. So spring force Qigong is message healing, information mm -hmm. healing, signal healing. So we're giving a different message. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when we're in this place, where we're connected and we're in sync with the universe, then the, the message that's sent, see, this is how we've learned in level two spring force Qigong is to help others to heal. Level one is all about learning to heal yourself. Mm -hmm. And if it's everything is in level one, actually. Mm -hmm. But most of us aren't ready to take it in. We can only take in so much. Yeah. But as preparation for this and some other things I'm doing in my teaching, I've gone to back to the level one manual and everything is in that one manual. It's just that, you know, I've taken levels one, two, three, four, and five, and five several times. I mean, all of those many different times and continuing to learn from it. Yes. Because it's all right there. <laughs> and it's, it's all about how we live our lives. So that's, you know, that was one thing that jumped out at me was uh, it's inside of us already. Yeah. Thank it's, you for that. It's just like revisiting and finding out that this, whatever it is, chi, you know, the, the Western word for it is energy, but it's, it's more than energy. It's chi. Chi has consciousness. She has intelligence. It's 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 um, it's beyond what words is. I mean, words can say it's something that's in us and it's all around us and it is us. 
and the divinity, the whatever you want to call it, the source is already inside of us. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you for that reminder. And, um, uh, the, the words we use to describe it, it's been called lots of different things, but you know, the universe, mm-hmm. the source, the divine, the whatever it is. Yeah. Great spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. I remember, you know, as a yoga teacher, um, I would tell my students how important the breath is. And I would say, you can go you know, four weeks without food, four days without water, less than four minutes without a breath. And then when I started teaching Qigong, I started saying, and less than four seconds without chi. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. that's, and though it's thinking about how uh, backwards or upside down things are in our Western culture, where we fill up on food first. Mm-hmm. And if we're lucky, we're hydrated enough. And we really don't breathe deeply enough. And we're not even aware of energies everywhere. All the empty space is full of energy. Yeah. And in the, in the traditions that we're studying, they, the masters would fill up on chi first and then breath and then water and lastly food. That, right. And so they ate very few calories in that. I heard um, that the fewer calories you eat, the longer you live. Now, I mean, obviously, if it's so extreme, you're starving, that doesn't work. But there's mm-hmm. something upside down about that in our culture where we consume so much of the um, mm-hmm. non-essential and not enough of the essential. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's, um, again, going back to the level one spring force Qigong work. And in the manual, he calls it the elements. So I don't want to confuse this with the five elements, but I'll call them the four major components of spring force Qigong. The first, you know, it's breath. So it's like that that's very, very central to everything we do. A second one is posture and body movements. Mm-hmm. A third is you know, visualization. And then a fourth one is sound. Mm-hmm. And so... I mean, but each of those things, but, but the, you know, just speaking of the breath, when, when we are, have blockages, and all blockages have something to do with our emotions, when we have blockages, oftentimes then our, our shoulders go up, we breathe shallowly, and this helps to bring on illness, you know, because we're, we're, we're causing blockages. So for instance, if my shoulders go up and I'm in an uptight kind of a position, then this place in around my, my C7, you know, up in here is going to be blocked. Mm-hmm. And so a very simple thing we can do is just to open that C7. And oftentimes then people just feel much, much better. Yeah. It's like it's just immediate that you start feeling differently. Yeah. Then once you feel differently, you want more of that. You want it. It's like, it just feels good. So that's what Master Lin always says, go back is feel it. Yes, exactly. Feel it. Yeah. And say, it's just like, it feels good to be with you. Yeah, thank you. It just feels good. You know, I say, yeah, I want more of this because we're connecting at a deep level, talking and being in communication about something that we both are very passionate and love. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. I feel the same. And what I wanted to 
bring forward just before I forget is how much I appreciate that we've come from different perspectives of Qigong, right? You have a lot more experience than I do, but um, where you talked about the four basic elements of breath and posture, sound and movement or visualization. Visualization. Yeah, posture would be part of movement. I learned it a little differently, which it's the, we called it the four baskets of Qigong, which was breath and movement and visualization and self-massage. And so I love adding that fifth element of sound to my basket. <laughs> Thank you for that. I mean, I do some of the sound healing, but I, I never considered it as the part of that package. And I, I can totally see that now. Thank you. Yeah, well, there's um, something Master Lin says is there's, there's actually thousands of different kinds of Qigong. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just like, and, and it's, so I like the idea of spring forest is just one of the forests in this, this mm-hmm. one of the trees in the forest. Mm-hmm. It's not everything, but it's what you bring to it. <laughs> you know, it's like the, my practice of it, I start learning different kinds of things that are important for me and I become my own teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing, oh my gosh, you know, when I just move this just a little differently, I start feeling a little bit better. And if I just do this, you know, which is called spontaneous qigong, yeah. or like, you know, if I'm just dancing and just having a great time, I, I feel good. Yeah. You know, so I do more of that. But um, uh, that's one of the things that kind of pops into my head is, uh, this is just one of the trees in the forest, you know, so <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. I was a friend of mine gifted me some um, green oolong, a uh, green dragon oolong tea from Spring Forest. She got was such so good, such a smooth tea. I wonder, do you use any of the teas for dredging the meridians before you practice like some of the traditions recommend or is that not something you incorporate into that somewhat i mean the green tea is uh uh it's it's better for you than you know i mean some of the other other kinds of tea or even like coffee or other things we drink but uh i uh, you know occasionally i come back to that but it's not one of the things i've just gotten into so to speak (laughs) yeah no i was just curious yeah, and different things resonate with different people. You know, right. so just kind of follow what is it, what is it for you? And um, yeah, to me, it's kind of the ritual of the the ceremony. Yeah, with the tea ceremony. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. and the you know circling with the moving the patterns of energy through the ritual and sharing it with others and just opening up like space between like you and I, there's a space opening and things are being exchanged. It's, it's this quality of friendship, right? With the chi, with the tea, with the other person and that opening to the realization that there's only one of us here, one, one awareness in multiple forms and um, pouring itself into itself in different forms and mixing Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that there's so many different traditions and varieties of practice that um, people can try out the different things and put together their own practice based on what mm-hmm. feels 
easy and effortless, but also at the end where, like you say, it's all about how does it feel? And, you know, I'm someone who spent many, many years uh, on a computer doing um, technical work, web design, and I was in a corporate position. And um, so my C7 is um, an area that I'm still trying to get the computer out of my body after all those years. Sure. Um, so I appreciate you saying that. And maybe at the end of our talk today, you can show us an exercise that will help help people free that that sticky place up. Because there's a lot of us now with our you know heads down or looking forward into a screen, and the shoulders come up. I'm I'm guilty of that. That we need these practices that can counterbalance that postural behavior, mm-hmm. and that that. I get that sense that, um, you know, in that position, energy is just pouring out of my body and I need some practices to, to restore that. So I'm not constantly mm-hmm. losing that pattern. Doesn't just continually continue, you know, does that I can put a, a interruption in there to start to reverse that and bring energy into the lower center. Yeah. No, the, uh, there's Master Lin says the, the simplest solution is oftentimes the most powerful. I agree. And we make things difficult. <laughs> yeah. So there's, I mean, we've we've been taught, you know, that there's these energy buttons that are just like these places that are the most, and then energy channels. So we just kind of keep it at that. So all blockages have something to do with those things. But there's other simple things that he emphasizes and infuses into Spring Forest Qigong. One of them is that your best teachers are your students. So you learn from your students. Like right now I'm feeling in this place of gratitude that I'm with you in this because I'm learning from you. And so I, you're my teacher right now. Mm. And that, that it kind of changes rather than I'm the master, you're the master teaching me. Mm. And so it's kind of, that's a little thing. And then another thing that he says, um, he grew up in China. So um, the first poem that he learned in English was good, better, best, never let it rest. And so that's, that's one of the operating things is if you're just doing something and you're focusing, you have an intention to heal, whatever you're doing is good, but you can always get better. You can hone that and and improve it. So then, you know, how can you improve? So we, there's some simple things as we do before we do each of the exercises or do have any of the active exercises. And that is to set your intention. And so even before we started talking, you know, my intention, you know, I says, okay, I want to have a good conversation with you. I feel like I can learn something from you. And uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to take at least two good ideas, Hmm. Cindy, today. And so I'm listening for, okay, now what's what's the, the gem that I can take from my little conversation with you? Mm. so it feels really good I'm feeling good I mean this is one of them already is gosh it feels good to be with you 
No, oh, that's really sweet. Thank you. And then my, uh, I become a love radiator. Mm. So then when I have love in my heart, that's a much better place than being caught in some other kind of emotion of, you know, there's lots of, uh, all blockages have something to do with our emotions. Yeah. So in Spring Force Qigong, we do these five elements exercises, and one of them we focus on happiness that balances the energy in the liver. And in the liver, we have, if too much energy, anger. <clears throat> and so that was one of the major things with me was uh, anger that I hadn't addressed. Mm. And so, but then I get through one layer of that and then underneath that is you know <laughs> something else yeah so yeah it's, it's not like oh i've arrived now i'm the master no i'm just starting i'm i'm, I'm a beginner mm -hmm. uh, and so that idea of uh um <laughs> we're always in process it's right. just the better best and so I'm kind of a poet. I like where things come from. I know then I kind of looked that up and I said, oh my gosh, that's a poem that came from the fourth century from the saint, Saint Jerome. He said, good, better, best, never let it rest. Till your good is better and your better best. And so each day, you know, I wake up and say, okay, I'm going to be a love radiator today. Look in the mirror and say, Jerry, I love you. Mm -hmm what's the what's going to be the best focus for me today you know mm -hmm. and i kind of reviewed well what am i going to do today and gosh i'm going to be with cindy today no <laughs> a date at four o'clock i have a date with somebody i want to get to know better because she's a beautiful soul and she's even better than i could imagine <laughs> oh that's so lovely making my making me feel really warm and gushy. <laughs> my eyes are watering. <laughs> like all the clear fluids are coming up, all the cheese flowing like a waterfall. And it's like what you send out comes back. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, a, we're just like a love radiator. If you yeah. send out fear, fear is going to come back. You're going to have more of that. Yeah. It reminds me of that term, spondic love. So you ever heard of that spondic love? Well, it, it sounds intriguing. Tell me. It's like, like the universe, if you will. It's like, um, I want you to have what you want. I want, you know, um, just to give and to see you fulfilled. And it's not about the self trying to get anything. It's just like wow. wanting something for someone, even for yourself, but for everyone like where life works for everyone and everyone gets to be free to be who they are and do what they enjoy and share what they want to share. And there's just this quality of wanting to pour on that, um, that That's, you see. How do you what, tell me what the word is? How do you spell it? S P O N D I C. I believe spondic. That's beautiful. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's putting it into one little nutshell. You focus on the other and try to bring out the fourth, the best from the other. Yeah, it's that generosity, you know, like life is so generous and giving, right? And 
there's just a, a quality of expansion to it. Like there's, there's no limit on love. Right. So um, I think when we, we think of this kind of quality of spondic love, we think of it as something uh, unusual, but it's really true. It's really nature. It's natural. It's, it's the way mm-hmm. things are. It's just that we have, like you say, stories or um, programs running that um, we've been conditioned to believe what's possible is actually less than what's actually here and available, which is infinite energy, right? Like there's right. no no empty space. Everything's filled with life-giving uh, mm-hmm. energy. And that, that quality of spondic love is like, we want everyone to know that and we want to share the tools and we want to give that to people and put empowerment back in people's minds and hearts and hands and, mm-hmm. and see it flourish. Yeah, that's, uh, um, that reminds me of another thing. It's like, most of us think, well, if we, if we help others, you know, it's going to drain us, you know, it's where it's based on this idea of scarcity, mm-hmm. but the universe is so beautiful. The more we give away, the more we get. So it's kind of like the spondic love is a nice way of saying, I mean, it it's puts it in a nice little nutshell. It's the kind of thing I really like because it fits with that idea that the universe is generous. Like you said, you use that word generous. It's, it's, it's infinite. There's, it, the, the, there's infinite chi. And if we think there's only a small amount and the more we give away, then we're going to, we're going to be stressed out. We're going to be uh, burned out. But if if we turn that around, say the more we help others, the more we get back, and you operate that way, then you just become a love radiator. You just have so much love that you want to give it away. But yeah. The, but the more you give away, the more you get. So the more you help others, all others, you know. I mean, yeah. No, it's, yeah all life. And then, you know, you're leading me into this realization that you, you see yourself as everyone and everything you are that because you're, there is only one consciousness. And it's in, you know, it's, you are that in all these different forms. So when you're relating to another being, you're really relating at the deepest level to yourself in another form. And so why wouldn't you want to give yourself to have that spondic love towards yourself in all life forms right Mm -hmm. and um yeah of course there are certain um life forms that are um totally disconnected from that reality that don't act in ways that um of what we're speaking of that are harder to reach but still at the core there is that connection of we all belong to the same source right that's that's at the core of this whole thing there's we're all one you see and then when we see ourselves as separate you say oh that one's different from me but and and uh in spring force you're going to call it different terms but masculine says it's all about love kindness forgiveness with compassion so forgiveness that's what forgiveness is about is once we start making judgments then we get stuck in this dualistic thinking. But if we just say, this is part of me. So if I'm upset with something, it's something inside of me that hasn't learned yet. You know, I'm still in this process. 
So if something is, if something strikes me as, oh my gosh, uh, I don't know, you know, it surprises me. Uh, I'll just tell you just a brief little story here. I, was, I had a, a woman that was I was working with. She was in my groups and I was just so thrilled. And then I happened to see her um, actually at a farmer's market. And I said, oh my gosh, you know, I, I haven't seen you for some time. Uh, you know, did, you know, are you still practicing spring forest Qigong? And she said, uh, well, I, I quit listening to your, um, um, you know, your little podcast because uh, I, I always started poems with a, I mean, I always started sessions with a poem. She says, because you just use male, your male po poets all the time. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, no, I, I do others. And then, you know, then I thought about it. And I said, you know, this is, this is something I need to look at. So then I started just taking no matter what poet it was. And usually if they said male terms, you know, I turned it into female. And it just feels so much better. You know, she, she gave me a great gift. Yeah. At first I thought it was a thorn. You know, it's like, oh, no, you don't understand. <laughs> but then I just had to see that, you know, I grew up in a society where... Uh, it was very paternalistic, mm -hmm. <laughs> male dominant. I mean, and then I started looking at my life and saying, yes, I have had so many privileges. You know, I'm a white male and, uh, you know, I just, I didn't realize that that was there, but she gave me a great gift. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just feel thrilled now, but it's that way with all of our illness. Mm -hmm. This are just a signal. It's just a symptom. It's just saying, uh, take a look at this. So one of the things I had was very severe headaches. I had headaches like you couldn't believe when, when I started getting into spring forest Qigong. I mean, that's what brought me in was that was the number one symptom that I had was I just had these splitting headaches. And uh, some of this, I mean, it wasn't just one thing that I did. I mean, it was just like several things, you know, that I, I, I mean, many things that I had to do to change my thinking. But uh, I mean, different things would come up at different times. And then I thought, uh, for instance, I, I started having headaches when I'd play racquetball. And I love racquetball. And I thought, this is, you know, so I explored, maybe I'm not getting enough water and I'm doing whatever. And and then I was with one of my friends, another master of Spring Forest Qigong. Uh, his name is Gudu, Master Gudu. And he says, Jerry, I think it's just the way you're holding your head when you play racquetball. And again, I said, oh. you know, I just like kind of denied it. And then when I got into the court, I just started relaxing. And just, I would be kind of up you know, get too tense just the way I was holding my head when I changed that that slightest little change made a world of difference I'm playing racquetball with Friday again and now I'm just looking forward to it and I mean this is racquetball is a great metaphor for me because uh, I've played for and my partner and I've played for uh, over 35 years mm. once a week and he's 83 and I'm 77 and you know, we both have had illnesses and injuries. Both of my, one, one time I hurt my left knee and the doctors said, you know, I wouldn't be able to play racquetball anymore. And uh, 
you know, I send a different message. <laughs> right. Healed that knee a few years later, hurt the right knee. Both of them have been healed. What this one of my strongest things is my knees now. Wow. You know, if I would have taken the message, oh, I guess I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I'm wearing my knees out. Well, <laughs> the message has so much to do with. So when you tell yourself, I have such and such illness, I have leukemia, I have, it's not much I can do about leukemia. I mean, you know, that term. But what I could do something about, I got a new oncologist and she said, you know, you have a low vitamin B12. I can do something about vitamin B12. Mm -hmm. I can change that. So I didn't make the problem something I couldn't solve. I had to make the problem something that's doable. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, also that you you see yourself now very differently, I imagine, since being introduced to Qigong is that you see yourself as an energy body first. Mm -hmm. And from the allopathic medical model, it's more that we treat symptoms of the physical, but we haven't really looked at the cause right in the energetics. So I would assume that not only changing your perspective, I had a teacher once who told me perspective isn't everything. It's the only thing. Uh-huh. Yes. Very <laughs> good. So there's another takeaway for you. Yeah, I've got two already now. <laughs> and it didn't come from me. I'm just passing on the wisdom from one of my teachers. Well, put it though in a way, in another way. I mean, see, it's like a lot of times the things that we need to learn is somebody that's just with us and we're in this great conversation, you put it in a way that it went in. Uh -huh. Somebody else could have told me that same thing or I could have read it 50 different times in different books, but it may not have gone in. The message didn't go in. Mm -hmm. But I just felt something when you said that. Yeah, I think it's all for me. I've really... It went in for me when I first heard it too. And I've used it, you know, constantly, daily, daily. Mm -hmm. It's just because it's that thing you mentioned that the simplest thing can be the most profound. Mm -hmm. And so mainly the healing work that I do with myself and what I share when I teach is just reframing things and offering new perspectives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're an excellent teacher because I'm... I mean, I can tell. I mean, it's just like, for me, you're an excellent teacher. Well, being that you're a teacher of teachers, I'll take that as a yeah. very high compliment. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah, that's actually one of the things Master Lin is, uh, there's a motto. I don't have it up here on my wall here, but he said, you know, what our, our, what we're here to do is teachers teaching teachers to teach teachers. And he says it in Chinese, you know, it's like it came to him one time is that's what we're doing. So when I learn something and then I teach others, then I feel good because I can pass it on. So I can help make your life just a little bit better. Mm -hmm. and, and Isn't that interesting, though, that, that you're a professor of education, right? Special education, yeah. Yeah, so you've always been in the field of teaching teachers. And yeah. then now it's gone into this other field, like these fields have merged, right? With the Qigong and teaching yeah. Qigong. And this is the, there's this theme that is running through your life about teachers teaching teachers and just keeping that um, lineage open and available to as many people as possible. 
Yeah, that's a good term too, lineage. That's a very good term. Just sometimes just the right word makes the difference. And that's a very, very good word to use. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, see, when I got ill, the, this was, I was 50, some 55, and I would have been eligible to retire. You know, I would have had, I didn't want to retire. And, you know, so instead of retiring at 55, I was able to teach 20 more years. I, I, I officially retired on my 75th birthday from teaching. So I had 47 years as a professor of special education just in the college. That was before. I mean, I had other teaching experience in universities. I mean, in uh, public schools. But nonetheless, when I was retiring, they were throwing this party for me uh, on my 75th birthday in a retirement party. And I said, ah, this is my graduation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have just started to climb. I'm, I'm looking at this as I'm just beginning. And I still believe that now. I feel so good to be able to teach. And I'm not even sure how, where this is going to go. You know, I mean, right. I, I have an office at the university and uh, I'm making a presentation come April 13th, where there's going to be a bunch of people from the university that are going to be there. Uh, you know, I may have another kind of capacity there mm. teaching Qigong, but I know it has something to do with Qigong and it has something to do with storytelling and with poetry. Mm. All three of those things coming together. But storytelling is everything is, a, I mean, storytelling is at the core of everything. Naturally, mm -hmm. tells us to tell our stories. Yeah. And when I became, we learned to think of myself as a love radiator, he was telling the story about he was at Mayo. They wanted him to make a presentation to people that didn't believe, you know, they didn't believe this. You know, this was years ago. They didn't believe that this. And so this, he was sitting next to a guy that was, uh, I don't know what his specialty was, but he, uh, he said he didn't believe a word that Master Lin said, but he said, you know, I came in here, I had uh, pain in my back and my pain is gone now. Mm -hmm. So Master Lin says, well, that's just, just be a love radiator. Mm -hmm. You don't have to believe. <laughs> you don't have to try to change somebody to argue with them. Just be like, like Gandhi said, be the change. Mm -hmm. Be the change you want to see in the world. The most powerful force in the universe is, is universal unconditional love. Mm. more powerful than anything yeah love always wins so just by being a love radiator just being what be the change they want to see in the world and then gosh you know i think maybe i can make a little difference here yeah i love that quote i want to share something with you a little perspective change you tell me what you think about that um so at one point that quote it dawned on me to um, change it up, like, so be the change you want to see in the world. I changed it up to be, be the world you want to see in the change. Mm, wow, that's a good one. Say it again. Be the world you want to see in the change, right? Yeah, beautiful, yeah. So it's like you're already, you know, the wholeness and you mm -hmm. want to see that in the changes in the world. So you have to carry and embody, right? Well, that really deepens it. It's, yeah, there's something about it. I, I can't really 
define yeah. it or explain it, but it just came to me somehow about mm-hmm. that quote to say it backwards. And it was like, oh, there's some, there's a shift there. Yeah, I love that because it's, uh, I could feel a little jolt of chi, a little jolt yeah. of adrenaline when you said it. Yeah, it's sort of like a interrupt, like a, yeah. It's like a, what do they call it? Um, um, it kind of quiets the mind for a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's it's like a pattern interrupt or something. You know, it's yeah, just, it's a mind trap or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I like, I like, I think that might be the first time I've ever shared it. I love that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, this is, a, this is a great conversation. I mean, this is a great dialogue or whatever. I love this. This is just what I love doing. Oh, good. Yeah, me too. That's why I've gotten back to it. I, I did it for many, many years, and then I took a break. And I'll share with you, you know, you mentioned like um, veterans, you know, around 50 years old, having to turn towards their pain instead of, you know, continue to push it mm-hmm. down. Um, you know, I work with um, a system called human design and gene keys. And also it's a integrates components of astrology. And there is something that happens midlife for all of us called our Chiron return happens Mm -hmm. around age 50. And for me, my Chiron return, um, I had, um, an injury. I mean, it's not, it wasn't really an injury. I'm not really sure how it happened. I had, um, a very serious cough. And after that, I had a blockage in my, one of my kidneys and it required surgery. And luckily the surgery was successful. It saved the kidney, but, um, and it wasn't a stone, but it was, I was operated on by a robot and um, that caused a lot of PTSD for me. Like I had severe PTSD after the surgery. and it was probably from you know early childhood stuff too, but this really compounded it. And um, my body had made me aware that when I was in anesthetized, you know, my body was immobilized, was laying there, but it was still awake, even though my consciousness wasn't the present. And so here it was being you know cut into by a machine. Yeah. At the deepest layer, as you know, kidneys are the deepest organ in the body. And there, there's fear, you know, they're associated with fear. Right. So for several years after that surgery, um, I had developed things that I'd never had, like claustrophobia and um, anxiety disorders. And it took me at least five years to clear that energy from my system. And Qigong was one of the things that um, I utilized to come back home to my body in a way that it trusted it could trust because it was at that point like a wounded animal and you know what they say about wounded animals you don't want to approach a wounded animal right Right. and I was living inside of one (laughs) it was you know so it was a really um interesting story yeah yeah and very very interesting too I mean about it's kind of that's a I mean, that you said at at age 50, it's kind of like a universal, isn't it? That we, yeah, there's something that happens astrologically where we, we, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's astrologically, yeah, because I mean, I, 
don't know, there's just a lot of things I don't quite understand, but are very, very yeah. interesting to me because I haven't gone into depth in it. You know, it's just that I don't have a great understanding of it yet. <laughs> but yeah. interesting. Yeah, I don't have, you know, all the answers for sure. But I, you know, I know that we all attract into our lives the the systems and the language that helps us explain our knowing, right? So for me, it's been uh, human design and Qigong and yoga and different things have um, I've been attracted to for a reason. And I, I understand, you know, I learned these systems and then the frequency that gets um, shared through me is um, has this structure to it framed by the language that I've learned in these systems and the way things work mechanically. So I can explain um, to myself and other people what I'm experiencing. And then that's helpful. Um, yeah. In the way that I share, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, but the, yeah, the thing about our wounding when it comes up for healing, it's like, you know, the mythologist and storyteller, Michael Mead mm -hmm. talks about the genius myth and he's not the only one. Several people talk about this, how our, our genius is um, hidden inside our wound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so we have to face our woundedness and um, unwind the wound, you know, wound and wound and, it's in that um, turning towards that pain and fear and all of the things that we're clearing from the organs through the healing sounds, you know, um, that yeah. reveals that, that gift that we carry that wants to be given. Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. So that's Michael Mead. That's a very, very interesting perspective there also. Uh, and, and I mean, I, I just think lots of these people that are, uh, you know, the, the people, the wise people, they're, and they're all over, you know, I mean, it's the wisdom is in all of us, but uh, that's kind of this common thing is if we find our purpose, you know, Master Lin calls it your soul purpose, and he has a whole course called your soul purpose. But if you come to that of what what it is your purpose for being here mm -hmm. purpose with something bigger than yourself some bigger thing then you catch on fire with it you know and it's like but we wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have the obstacles that we needed to work through to get to that you wouldn't be who you are if you didn't have any challenges yeah you need that and it's just it's <laughs> It's just intriguing to me and, and fun and curious. But, uh, you know, Master Lin says, uh, he says something else. He says that most of us deal with the known, but the, 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 chi, the real power is in the unknown. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, that's where 95% of the energy is, is in the unknown. So if we're willing to delve, delve into that unknown and go into the uncertainty to live with that, uh, then we were alive then. Yeah, I agree. I think play it's, we tend to play it safe, you know, say, okay, I'm, I know all of this and I'm going to operate, but that's, 
you just become part of the herd then. Yeah. Like, I like what you talked about purpose. Yeah. It reminds me of a quote by Mark Twain. And he said, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. He said lots of things in a very, very interesting way. Very yeah. interesting character. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like about, you know, to explore the unknown and um, yeah, how I think this is shifting culturally. I hope so anyway, but, you know, for so long, it's been the, the mystics that are sensitive and open to the subtle fields and are um, pointing at things that are um real in their reality and then the ones that are more logical and practical that don't accept that reality um marginalize that and so you know to me it's not practical or realistic to only consider one percent of a reality (laughs) but to open ourselves to the larger reality, like we were talking about in allopathic medicine, where most of the, what's considered is what we can see, right? Physically and through x-ray and so forth. But the energetic bodies are not considered. And that's all changing. There's there's such an emergence of energetic wisdom and healing, energy healing coming into awareness and more and more evidence of results of that um so i think it's changing and we must have had to go through this phase evolutionary you know our process to um you know go it feels like you go to some extreme and then you come back to the middle and go the other extreme you know there's this this winding road of uh consciousness exploring itself through these uh, eras and um Yeah, that's, uh, I know the the Master Lin talks about, you know, balance, you know, that we're, we can get out of balance. And, you know, maybe what we're going through, we're going through some lots of imbalances with uh, uh, the pandemic and wars going on and, uh, you know, all of these things with the environment, it's changes. And if we look at it, it's just, you know, things are out of balance and maybe we're, we're, we're evolving into something, you know, it has to be transformed. It's, it's not good or bad. It's just, it's out of balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No bad. There's no good or bad energy. It's just all a matter of balance. It's, uh, uh, you know, it says it's just sometimes energy in the wrong places or, you know, chi in the wrong places. You know, so that's what you could think of illness is just there's this something operating there, but it's mm-hmm. yeah, something's not evenly distributed, whether it's stress or illness mm-hmm. or health and vitality. Mm-hmm. There's there's not an even distribution. There's some you know mm-hmm. real sticky yeah areas. Yeah, it's. <laughs> We're living in interesting times, you know. That's uh, <laughs> the, 
a Chinese, I think yeah. a Chinese curse, you know, may you live in interesting times. <laughs> yeah, for the longest time, I thought it was a blessing. And then I realized it was intentionally a curse. <laughs> I was well, like, oh, I always thought I wanted to live in interesting times. Well, it's both. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like the word um, crisis, you know, it's opportunity, it's danger or opportunity. Yeah, true. And both. It's something about the both and rather than either or. Mm. You know, we've lived in this, I mean, for years and years and years in this either or kind of dichotomy of, you know, we could understand it better when they could analyze it and take it apart. But the analysis was so, you know, we got out of balance in our culture, in Western culture. Yeah. It has to be a, an analysis and explained and measured with, whatever, like the machine can measure it exactly, and it gets out of balance. It's like we lose the human element, so it can happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, too much left brain. And then Yang, out of balance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I want to uh, just give you an opportunity, Jerry, to share maybe just some something you think our listeners might um get value out of in terms of your personal experience of integrating Qigong into your life or, or being a teacher of Qigong and what you've seen happen in your students' lives. Just as we come to the end of our conversation, what would, what would bring value to our listeners? Well, I mean, just like these little energy buttons, there's like, there's these energy buttons all over, you know, like, so uh, there's, these stomach channels are under here and there's uh, bladder channels up here. So we can, that's part of the preparation for spring force Qigong exercises is to open up these, these, you know, these blockages. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a point, if you just put your hand, hand right behind your head, right at the base there, mm -hmm. and that's a, that's an energy point that's has to do with the eyes and the ears and, that was a real major one for me where I, where I would have headaches right mm -hmm. in that spot. So an exercise now during the pandemic that Master Lin is emphasizing is just dolphining the neck. So you sit like you just, you could sit or you could do it standing up. And then this is the simple exercise. It's, uh, the best is if you have uh, like a firm, you know, something against your back so that you can just dolphin from the diaphragm up. Okay, so we're just going to dolphin the upper spine. And it's a simple exercise. I'll just show you. You just lean back, catch like a ball of energy or an egg under your chin, and then bring it under, and then exhale, raising up. So you just do this, and then you just notice the subtle little feeling. Oh, and I just hear crack, crack, crack mm. and breathe up. And there's only good, better, best, you know, just kind of gets better as you do it. But so many people, I mean, we're finding that just about most of, most of us are on computers or on iPhones quite a bit of the time. So we're, we're kind of bent over here, kind of mm -hmm. looking down. And so it's bringing on blockages. Yeah. It's, it's just too much of the same kind of, so it's just a very, very simple movement. 
And another part of uh, you know becoming a, a Qigong master is we took a course, and before the pandemic, you know we could do it in person. So we, it was called qisage. So you just find where these energy buttons are, and you massage them. So that the major one is the C7, you know, the little bump at the base of the neck. So just reach down there and feel your C7. Just to see the bump at the base of the neck. Just massage that and just let it get nice and warm and say, open, 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 channels open, completely healed. And I mean, you can do it on yourself, but it helps uh, other people. So uh, my wife, for instance, some, sometimes she'll just have whatever it is, headaches or she has a tendency to kind of overdo things and just not rest. And oftentimes, you know, I'll just, massage it or just and you know I, I can't you know rely on the words but usually what happens is she just gets really sleepy and takes a, a nap then mm. and the body just needs I would like nap. to find that nap button <laughs> well, well I mean that's one of the things um sleep is a form of qigong for sure so it's just like when we get uptight it's one of the best things we can do is just stop Mm-hmm. and take it easy that's that's we kind of brought this on ourselves so and i'll tell you just to you know i kind of teach through stories but uh, you might be able to notice i have a little bit i've had a little bit of surgery here on my nose oh i haven't and, uh, noticed oh, okay so i had this little um oh what do you call it uh it was like this it, looked, it started out like a pimple and then it was just became this little, like a little thing there. And, you know, I, I didn't think anything of it. I, you know, tried my own healing or whatever. And then I, I had a little session with Master Lin. And so I'm telling him about some of the things that I was, you know, and I said, well, I have this. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's all related. This has to do with, you know, you have a blockage in your spleen. And that has to do with worry. You know, you're worrying about something. And I was worried. I didn't realize this. But, I mean, I had to go to the, you know, to the formal medicine to get it healed. Uh, But it's healing so well. But, you know, it's just like I, I was a professor for many years. And I've worked with many, many of my colleagues. And a very, very common area for them to have blockages was up here in the neck. They'd have shoulder pain locked shoulders well that's just a blockage in the pancreas mm. you want to usually work up here but it's like if you go to the root cause yeah so many professors are in their head mm-hmm. and i mean including myself you know so i mean it helped me to, to realize that i'm just like all these other people i have thousands of books you know and i was always looking for the answers in the books and i love doing that i love books and that's what made me a good professor, but it got out of balance. Yeah. And in my heart. So then when I just could say, okay, I'm going to have to get back into. So I just have to realize that, but, you know, I have, uh, I'm, I'm a little more vulnerable up here. But it's, it's not only that one thing, but if you, have, uh, if you have issues with your shoulders and pain up here, it probably has something to do with the, your worry and anxiety. Mm. So then I put more emphasis on peace, you know, like, okay, I'm going to just practice 
being more peaceful? What, what can I do to help bring about peace? I kind of made this a long story, but it's, uh, but just that dolphining, sometimes the simplest little thing. So it helps me to hold my head a little bit differently and say, mm, feeling better now. I can do this. I can preparation, send the message, completely healed, com completely balanced, work with the universe. There's a password we use in Spring Force Qigong. I am in the universe. The universe is in my body. Mm -hmm. So I combine together as one. So it's sending that intention of, I'm going to go back into nature and let nature heal me. I'm a part of nature. Mm. And so just sometimes this tiniest little thing will make the biggest difference. But if you just get one thing from me today is say, okay, most of the blockages start here at the C7. And if you're with a friend, I mean, we're always with somebody and they have something to say, oh, do you mind if I just do something and you just massage their back? You just put their hand there and you just send light there and send love and say, I love you, Cindy. Completely <laughs> healed, completely back to normal and see light in your heart and see light in my heart. Feels good. Mm. Yeah, thank you. It reminds me of um, the opposite of worry for me is trust. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was dealing with my health challenges, um, my story was, I'm never going to get better. You know, I had this like, cause it was one thing, the, the pain was, um, overwhelming enough, mm -hmm. but what was even more overwhelming than the pain that I was in was the story. I was telling myself that this was going to be for the rest of my life and I was never going to get back to, it. Mm -hmm. um, so now in hindsight, looking back, I can see how my body healed, even from that going, you know, that low, it's come back. And um, that makes me trust, right? So if I ever get in another situation, where I have a healing crisis, and um, mm -hmm. that I can lean into two, two things, one, not believing in the story, and two, trusting that my body will find its way back to health. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so that, yeah. That's kind of the core of everything. It's just like we find that there's, we don't, I mean, we can transform, we can change. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know, it's all about change and transformation. There was a book I loved very much when I was in graduate school. Uh, it was called How People Change mm. by Alan Wheelis. And at, at the end of the book, he says, sometimes we have to try harder. And sometimes we have to try differently. Mm. And there's always a different, things can always change. You know, it's like it's, it, the energy chi can be transformed. Uh, Einstein said it, energy cannot be, created or destroyed, but it can be transformed. It can be changed. So for you, trust was a big thing. Yeah, trusting life, to me, that's what relaxation is. Like, mm -hmm. when I, relaxing, you know, you know, for some people, it's like taking a nap or laying in a hammock. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's trusting life. 
that's yeah. that's what relaxing is and that yeah. then when we're relaxed chi flows right energy flows through the system when we're relaxed and um yeah i have a tendency to be someone who efforts right and i take on a lot of responsibility and yeah. creative and sensitive so i take on a lot of information from different directions and mm-hmm. um to be able to you know be in the speed of my life as it is and remain relaxed is the challenge like um trying to slow it down really never worked just to relax in the speed of it because i'm just someone who takes in a lot of information the way i'm designed so mm-hmm. i really couldn't control how much information i can control somewhat my environment but yeah i'm learning just to relax with that um the amount of activity that flows here and be an observer and a participant um, mm-hmm. in witnessing it getting done through me rather than being the doer <laughs> that takes off some pressure and i trust things always get done so it's another way just to relax and to trust it always gets done and uh, yeah, yeah that's that's good that's a good it's uh, a great story Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all your stories and I'm happy to get to know you a little better. And um, yeah, yeah, I look forward when I come to town, I'll definitely look you up and come to your class at Whitney. Oh, I'd love to have you. And I'd love to just sit down and talk with you some more. Okay. We'll do it. Okay. For sure. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Um, Jerry, is there a way that people can find out more? Would you like to share anything about how people can reach you or do you not want to be available or do you want to be available for? Well, yeah, I have a, you can just reach me at my email address. It's just, it's just jjwellick at syncloudstate.edu. And Wellick is W-E-L-L-I-K. You can reach me that way. Um, if you're interested in my Spring Forest Qigong practice, just contact the Whitney Center at St. Cloud State, and it's on Zoom. We practice. Oh, I could practice then? Yeah. From here? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't yeah. have to come to town then. Well, you can do the practice with me. It's uh, We practice from 12 to 1, our time. This is Minnesota time, Central Standard Time, on Mondays and Wednesdays. I'm not the most... I mean, usually people just have to contact the Whitney Center to get the Zoom link because mm-hmm. they, they send it to people. I've got some people from California and from, some from Texas. And, you know, mm-hmm. some people they really resonate with and they've gotten great results. And then there's other people they resonate with differently. Right. right. So I have, we have it both on Zoom and then in person, too. So I have eight or nine people usually are there in person and then whoever comes on Zoom, you know, usually 10, 15 people on Zoom. So that would be, that would be the best way for you to kind of just get a taste of what this is about. It's mm-hmm. just doing it. You just, I just guide you along and, and you just do it, what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. I'll have to introduce you to a couple of my friends there that practice and let them um, come and meet you and experience your, your class. And okay, yeah. I know we have another mutual friend, Jerry Sparby. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jerry's a very good friend of mine. And yeah. Yeah. He's a wonderful man and um, 
really supportive of family. I remember my husband and I would take classes with him on parenting when we were young. We had young children and we were in the Ricori district. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I don't know Jerry very, very well. He's, Mm -hmm. uh, he's one of my, one of my longtime best friends. I really, really enjoy him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell him I said, hi, I don't know if he'll remember me, but. Well, I think he will. Yeah. (laughs) It's been many years. Okay. My friend, my new friend, Jerry, thank you for, for coming on and sharing so generously your wisdom and your experience, your stories and your, we didn't hear one of your poems yet, but maybe do you have one on you would like to share as we close? Well, okay. I'll do a poem for you. I, um, there's a poem I like. It's by David Budbill. It's not one that I wrote, but I, I, I like to just kind of perform poems. It's called Bugs in a Bowl. <laughs> like this. Han Shan, that great and crazy, wonderful Chinese poet of a thousand years ago said, we're just like bugs in a bowl. All day going around, never leaving their bowl. I say, that's right. Every day, climbing up the steep side, sliding back over and over again, around and around, up and back down, sit in the bottom of the bowl, head in your hands, cry, moan, feel sorry for yourself, or look around, see your fellow bugs, walk around, say, hey, how you doing? Say, nice bowl, bugs in a bowl. That's clever. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. It's playful. Appreciate it. Yep. I enjoyed being with you until we meet again. Yeah, we'll do this again. Thank you for your time. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, until next time. Bye for now. Bye-bye.